0: I didn't get the grade I wanted in my A-level. My teacher said, well, maybe you should retake. I was chosen to interview uh, former French president, Francois Hollande, on stage. He wanted me to interview him in French. I was sitting on that stage thinking,
1: if my old French teacher could see me now. Hey guys. hi guys welcome back to the second episode of crossroads thank you for the support on the first episode we really appreciate we were it completely overwhelmed it's so lovely um we are very very excited for this episode as promised last week we have a special guest but before we get into today's episode be sure to follow us on all of our socials for behind the scenes snippet polls exclusive updates and q a's on insta we are crossroads.podcast on TikTok, we are crossroads.pod And on Twitter, we are crossroads with a Z, pod. Now, without further ado, we can announce today's guest.
0: We're live across the globe, and it's time for the money news that matters. I'm Susanna Streeter, and this is Talking Business.
1: Government unveiling its long awaited energy bill this morning. Susanna can tell us a little more.
0: Yes, Morning. I certainly can.
2: The- let's go to our business presenter, Susanna Streeter, who's at the London Gateway for Susanna.
0: Hello there. Yes, Simon, this really is a mega port. Susanna, tell us um, what the figures are and what Facebook's saying well, about it. Well, first of all, let's,
1: let's think about whether this is tax avoidance or tax evasion. Welcome, Susanna Streeter. Welcome to the podcast. Wonderful to be with you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Susanna, you've had quite the career. You were a BBC News TV anchor, global summit host, bilingual moderator, financial commentator, and you're now a senior investment and markets analyst And podcast host, I've got to ask: Is there anything you haven't done? Well, I've had three children
0: as well, so yeah, it's been extremely busy. I do get up very early in the morning. I mean, this morning I was up at five a.m., ready to go on Times Radio to do the business bulletin before writing my market report, which I send out to two and a half thousand journalists. Uh, And then I was on LBC News, a global station, at uh, seven thirty. So by eight o'clock, I'd already done a big chunk of work and. That's kind of a secret. So if you can get used to early mornings, you can certainly cram a lot in.
1: Clearly, wow. I think by eight o'clock, I've had my cup of tea. What about you, i yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same, to be honest.
0: But the thing is, I, I, I've been well trained in a way because I worked for BBC Breakfast for about uh, six years. Soon after I joined the BBC, actually, I joined the BBC um, first on BBC Three with their flagship um, news programme aimed at uh, 25 to 34-year-olds. And then I went on to BBC Breakfast. I was a roving reporter there and you have to get up very, very early and be assigned to um, stories which could be anywhere in the country. So one day you might be doing a story about the perfect 10 in gymnastics and the next day trying to spot water voles in Northumberland. So when you have to get up so early, you know, that training kind of stays with you. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting career.
2: So first of all, we just kinda wanna know a bit about like when you're growing up and like before you really got into your career, school life, past education, what did you dream about being when you grew up when you were younger? Did you know you wanted to go into like the media industry or was it kind of later on in life you decided that? I was
0: always very much into performing
2: from kind of school productions to
0: I joined the ITV or then HTV drama workshop when I was in my teens. And from there I was in a number of uh television programmes as a a teenager, like a drama-rama, and I was once in casualty as an ill person. So I very much started off in kind of amateur dramatics. But alongside that, I also really had a passion for history and politics and French. So really, my career has kind of amalgamated all of those things. And when I was in casualty, I was really determined to to be an actress and follow the kind of drama route. And I really wanted to do that. But one of the episodes that I was in, I met um, a girl who'd been in Grange Hill, this really long running kids TV show all the way through uh, the 1980s. And at the time, she was really famous from, from my point of view. But she'd actually only got a part which was similar to mine. And I thought at that time, God, that's an awful lot of effort to make to be in this really long-running hit TV show and then at the end of it only still be getting quite small parts and that was when I was 16, 17 so that was the point where I decided not to try and realise the dream of being an actress but actually to pursue my other interests first and go off to university and um, do French and, and politics and economics rather than go off to drama school. Although I still, in the back of my mind, still had a kind of inkling that I, I I, wanted to perform.
1: Were you ever advised that university was the only or like the best path as opposed to drama school? Or were your parents supportive of you doing that instead?
0: I don't recall specifically being told not to go to drama school, but to go down the university route. It was really something that I decided having gone through my own particular experience uh, I think my parents were happier in a way that I decided to go the university route because they believed and I also do too that it's really good to have um, other options available to you Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean you still can't pursue your dreams in other ways.
2: So me and Sienna we've gone through different school ways like Sienna went to a private school I went to a state school we were wondering did like First of all, which one did you go to? And like, do you think that had any impact on your career or like opportunities Getting you could have Getting into university, gotten?
1: stuff like that? Yeah.
0: There's only been really one occasion where I think that had I gone to a private school, it might have made a difference in terms of uh, where my education uh, led from school. Because although I took the Oxbridge entrance exam to try and go to Oxford University and I passed it, when I actually then went for the interview at Oxford, I wasn't really prepared at all. I'd actually ended up applying to the wrong uh, college at Oxford for the wrong course. And I didn't really know what to expect. When I got there, there were lots of um, children, fellow teenagers, as I was at the time, from private schools. And Aved had a lot of training to get through these interviews, because they were telling me about it. So I really felt as though I could have had some extra help there and that would have benefited me. Other than that though I think in a way going to a state school probably gave me more confidence because I really did work hard at state school and um, probably was a, a, among the, the top in the, in the year, um, you know, among that layer of uh, high achievers I suppose. Um, whereas I think if I'd gone to a, a private school, perhaps a selective private school um, I wouldn't have felt so confident in my abilities because you would be in a class perhaps with many people who had the, also, you know, worked hard and had the same abilities. And so I might not have felt so confident. So I think actually going to state school probably gave me more confidence. And also, you know, I just really like the fact that you socialise with everybody and you're friends with everybody um, no matter what their background is and I think that is a huge benefit um, when you go into the world of work because um, it's really important to meet people from different backgrounds from different parts of um, society really and that's That's been very beneficial too.
1: Did you ever consider doing a degree apprenticeship or was that less common as it is nowadays? Degree
0: apprenticeships were less common and I didn't really consider them. Um, The only, I suppose, kind of apprenticeship that I might have considered, which is um, what actually one of my former schoolmates at the time did was an apprenticeship where you could do your NCTG so your journalism qualification alongside working in newspapers i don 't know whether that um, those types of apprenticeships were that widespread back then but and i didn 't really know about them had I known about them I perhaps would have done so um, this school friend was a couple of years older than me and I ended up um, he ended up getting me some work experience where he was working and he told me that's what he had done It would have been good to have had more um information people about those types of apprenticeships but generally they weren't so widespread
1: do you think had you been offered an apprenticeship or a degree apprenticeship path when you were at that point in your life you would have swayed that way or considered it or do you think you just would have stuck with uni?
0: Really wanted to go to university. My sister had gone to Plymouth University and I'd been down to stay with her and I loved the sense of freedom um, that she had living on her own with a flat full of friends um, and I really wanted to have the same experience so that's why I still think even Had degree apprenticeships been more available, I probably would have still gone down the university route. However, it is slightly different now. Of course, we didn't have to pay fees; we're extremely lucky in that respect. And now that you do have to pay fees, I think um, I can see exactly why apprenticeships are a lot more popular. I know people who are pursuing them uh, right now and have still had a really good time because as part of their apprenticeships. I think they still go to a college or a university, but just for less time. So they still can get that sense of freedom. So I think you've just got to look through and see what apprenticeships do offer.
1: So we're going to move on to your university experience. Um, you went to Aston University, I'm correct?
0: Yes, I did go to Aston University and had a great time. And I've still got a Fantastic network of friends that I made at Aston University. It wasn't my first choice. I'd been planning to go to Exeter University, um, so kind of closer to the sea than certainly Aston in Birmingham. But Aston was a campus university and I really enjoyed that aspect of it because we were a really tight knit group of friends. And the other real benefit actually is that even though I was doing kind of more artsy courses, that would have been a BA at other universities. It was actually a BSc, so a Bachelor of Sciences, and it had a lot more of a business angle uh, to my degree. So I did a lot of economics, and um, alongside uh, the French, and alongside the p- politics, and so that was really good and it helped me in my future career because I now you know use economics all the time and always talking about economic developments. So. It gave me an even better grounding, I think, than my other course would have done. So there's always a silver lining. I was able to do a degree uh, which gave me a year out in France, and that was fantastic. And um, now I still go to France really, really regularly, and um, I am now work um, using my French, so that is fantastic.
1: Were, were you like ever anxious about leaving university and entering work?
0: I was anxious about leaving university because actually... I was the only person who left in my friend group who didn't have a job, a proper job to go to. But my heart was set on going to journalism and I knew that was definitely the route that I wanted to take. And so um, because I'd built up all of this experience, this work experience doing. during my university years, it gave me the confidence, um, even though I was still a little bit anxious about not getting a job, but it did give me the confidence to go round um, to all the radio stations and uh, say, look, I can work for you, I know how to do this job, please employ me, and they did.
2: Because obviously Aston may not have been your first, did you ever like second-guess like your degree during uni, like think, oh, maybe this isn't for me? Or did you know as soon as you found this new degree and this new uni that like it was the one for you.
0: I didn't really second guess my degree uh, once I started Aston because I could really see exactly all of the opportunities that it presented. I was really excited about my year in France and uh, I also had such a great uh, friendship network and I'd really gained a lot of experience through various placements that had gone
1: on so um, I didn't second
0: guess my degree at all.
1: So tell me a bit more about the RAF, Susanna. How exactly did you get into that?
0: Yes, so that was a real adventure in my career, the Royal Air Force. And uh, what happened was that I was working um, at a radio station in Wiltshire called GWR. And I went to cover a Partnership for Peace exercise at the local RAF station. And there were officers, airmen and women from um, Eastern Europe who came over to do an exercise with UK servicemen and women. And I was fascinated by this. And I really wanted to be part of it. And I spoke to the media liaison officer at the time. And he said, well, just join the reserves. So I joined up as an air traffic control after seeing an ad in the local newspaper. But then quite quickly after that, um, they because I had this media experience, they saw my potential as a media ops officer. So then I went to Cranwell, and I graduated as an officer. And I went on to lead the the force's mobile news team. So I would take my camera and I would go out. This is my video camera because I was one of the first video journalists at the time in the UK. And that meant that I was equipped with the skills to film um, wherever in the world. So I used to take my camera, hop in an aircraft and go with the troops to trouble spots around the world or on big exercises, film what was going on, send it back to strike command to inform them and also send to the media to inform them about what troops in the UK were doing.
2: So obviously, as Sienna said earlier, you've had an amazing career. You've done so much. You've kind of been all over. We were just wondering, what are like some of your highlights and your favourite things that you've done in the past, like, in the some years? Stuff that you're most proud of. Yeah. Oh, I've got so many highlights. It's very difficult to know. I mean, I worked
0: at the BBC for a long time and uh, you have the opportunity to interview some really fascinating people I mean I've interviewed prime ministers I've interviewed uh, Tony Blair for example lots of different senior government ministers um also, I've been on the red carpet and interviewed Hollywood stars like Jennifer Aniston. I once flew to Rome to interview Catherine Zeta-Jones on the set of her film, which was really exciting as well. Um, so I've had loads of uh, really interesting um, experiences. You know, some of them, you, you know, when you meet ordinary people and interview them, um, they they could be just as fascinating as well, but I think possibly... um. The moment that I was most proud was when I was chosen to interview uh, former French president, François Hollande, on stage at the World Green Economy Conference in Dubai. And I was particularly pleased because they wanted me to interview him in French. And I was sitting on that stage thinking, if my old French teacher could see me now, because I didn't get the grade I wanted in my A level. I was hoping for an A or a B, and I got a C. And at the time, I was really disappointed with that because I loved French. Um, and my teacher said, well, maybe you should retake and you could go to, still go to University of Choice. And I said, no, I'm going to go to Aston University anyway. And um, just the very fact, though, that I was the one who was chosen to interview uh, the president despite my disappointment um, at my grades at 18 at eighteen, you know that really made me feel pretty proud up there on the stage and um, I've been asked to do other interviews as well in French at conferences around the world so yes um,
1: a very proud moment. Amazing, Um, has there been any part where you've just struggled with it ever so slightly like you wish you'd done something else or it's been really tough I bet the early mornings uh, that'll be enough to send yeah. me over. <laughs>
0: Um, Sometimes you feel as though I spent a long time at the BBC, a long career, more than 15 years. And sometimes you feel that other people are are given opportunities above you. And it doesn't seem to be because they're any more necessarily talented, but you know, it's the right person at at the right time and you lose out on opportunities, but it's highly competitive. And so that can be a bit demoralising sometimes. But I think the secret is to then go off and pursue other avenues. And so I remember leaving BBC Breakfast because they moved to Salford and I didn't want to move to near Manchester because um, I was based in the south of England. So then I went to the BBC News Channel and then they got rid of the business news from the BBC News Channel. So then I ended up at the BBC World Service radio. I never really thought that I'd end up there um, because it was radio rather than television where my most of my career had been. But I ended up having my own show on the BBC World Service And from there, I have segued into my new career as a financial commentator. And because I was um, so intricately involved in reporting on financial markets, it meant that I'm qualified and I have the knowledge to do my current job. So what you think may be a a side room in your career actually can present many more opportunities to ensure that your career is uh, really vibrant and full of opportunity further down the line.
1: Um, So you're also a podcast host of Switch Your Money On. Uh, We're big fans. Um, Would you say that is also a highlight that you've enjoyed? Would you say that it's more of an accumulation of everything you've done throughout your career and stuff as well that's helped you with that?
0: Yes, certainly. It brings together um, a lot of my skills that I've developed over the years. So broadcasting, analysing financial markets, talking about personal finance, and uh, in a in a chatty and informative way. And if you want to find out more about financial markets and how they work, do subscribe because it, it's a really interesting chat. And I have a have a really good rapport with my colleague, Sarah Coles, who's the personal finance analyst. And we chat around uh, uh, what's happening on global markets. But what's also happening here in the UK with, with retail sales and how much money we have and what's happening to the housing market and so many different things. And we're really pleased to hit uh, the top five in business podcasts in the UK um, (laughs) just over the past couple of weeks. So it's been brilliant. So um, really well received. So thank you, Sienna, for being one of our fans.
1: Oh, (laughs) of course, of course. What advice, Susanna, would you give your 16-year-old self if you could sit her down and have a chat with her now? I would say don't worry about
0: giving up your dreams because your dreams can come back at a moment you don't expect and that you can almost come full circle. Appreciate your parents for the encouragement that they give you. It's hard work being a parent because I'm now one and I'm also now trying to guide, um, you know, my children make the right choices and it's really hard and your parents may come across as extremely annoying and just going on to <laughs> all the time but they're mainly doing it because they've almost gone through a similar path to you and it's really worth listening to their advice and encouragement and just take their encouragement and just say thanks quite a lot. So I would, I would say, appreciate your parents more. Don't worry if you have to go through clearing because you can often end up on a course that you wouldn't have considered before, but that will provide lots of opportunities nonetheless. And wherever you go, wherever you end up, as long as you have an open mind and are really keen to meet new people and to experience new things, then you're bound to have a great time, uh, whatever you do, uh, post a 16 or post 18, when you do decide to go for an apprenticeship or to college, for example. As long as you are ready to seize the opportunity, I think that's the key element to all of it. Um. Try not to be shy. And also in those first meetings or the first opportunities that you have to, to work, really try and ask a question in a meeting. Make sure they know that you're there. Um, and that could be the same if you're in a seminar at university or you're in a meeting during an apprenticeship. Um, just turn up. And that means be vocal as well as just being simply physically there. Sometimes you may feel as though If you're not completely following your passion, that you'll lose interest in the job. But the world of work does offer a lot of different opportunities. Say, for example, I was very interested in performing. And you might not think that working in financial services as I do now would offer much opportunity to perform. But my job is as a financial commentator. So I've got to almost perform every single day and tell stories about what's happening on financial markets in a really informative way. So there's an awful lot of performance involved in what I do. that you might not think, you know, when I was 16, that that was open to me that that there were other um, elements of performance that you could find in a in a career in business, for example. But uh, anytime you do a presentation, or you stand on stage at a conference, that's an element of performing. And, um, You know, you you may feel as though you don't follow your dream of becoming an actor or, I don't know, becoming a famous presenter, that you won't have a successful career. And that's certainly not the case because you can get enjoyment and fulfilment in other areas.
2: So as you know, me and Sienna both go to a media school and we're very much trying to get into the industry. What is some advice that you would give like anybody trying to get into it?
0: Try and get as much experience as you can. Um, Turn up and make the tea. Turn up and wrap the prize presents. Don't expect that you're going to be given, um, you know, the best roles immediately. You've got to work your way up, and you've got to be a little bit patient. Earlier on in my career, I was quite impatient, and I wanted to do it, to do everything immediately. But you have to realize that doing the groundwork and really learning the ropes is essential for your career going forward. So, knowing the technical side as well as the on-air side is really important Um, because if you're considered to be a safe pair of hands you're more likely to be given work. I think people don't necessarily want to employ people who just want to be the star all the time. They want to employ a team member who's willing to pitch in and do all sorts of jobs and that certainly really helped me through my career because I've not just been a reporter, I've been the producer as well. I've set up my own technical side of things. I went out to be a video journalist filming all of my own reports. The other thing to do is come up with some really good stories. Be a a news hound, sniff out the stories and then go and present them to the editor. And if there's a really good story that is well-researched with a lot of backing, you'll find that they might have a space for it in the programme and you could get your first on-air experience through that but you've got to be a self-starter you can't just wait for things to land in your lap and you've got to be a
1: team player. Okay, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, Susanna, for joining us. Thank you. Oh, it's
0: been wonderful talking to you both and uh, best of luck
1: thank with you. all
0: of your choices going forward and to everybody who's listening. Oh,
1: thank you. It's been so, so, so lovely to have you. Um, like I was saying earlier as well, do check out Susanna's podcast, Switch Your Money On, I would recommend. Thanks for the shout out. Yes, of course. Just a reminder, make sure you
2: guys follow our socials. Our Instagram is crossroads.podcast.
1: Our TikTok is
2: crossroads.pod. And our Twitter is crossroads over a Z, pod. Thank you um, guys so much for listening to this episode.
1: Just a reminder that episodes are out every Monday. Tune in next week as
2: we do have another special guest. If
1: you want to know who that is, you can follow us on our Instagram for a special sneak peek before the episode premieres. Bye! Bye!